hot take. Every time you do something, I say you do a good job. Every time we sit down to eat something that I've made or drink something, I've always, I always look fearfully at Delaney waiting for her to do it first. And it's never been bad. She's never served me something bad. Uh, I guess we should start with the, just the intro, cold, and then we'll introduce the a cold, situation. A little cold, a little chilly cold intro? Yeah. <laughs> they weren't supposed to talk yet, I wasn't prepared. Where are we? <laughs> In my own personal hell of my own making. Pretty Welcome much. to Stop Your Ruining It. <laughs> this is a podcast about movies. I'm Delaney and I like movies. And I'm Natalie and I do not. And we have guests. And it's not a framed photo of Stanley Tucci. And it's yes, not. Believe it or not. I mean, I can bring him out here if he wanted to no, be a part can, of it. We can't. I can't deal the sound levels trying to put Stanley Tucci in this. He has a big mouth about about Taylor Swift. I can't, I can't handle trying to adjust it. The, the 11 by 17 framed photograph of Stanley Tucci has a lot of really controversial opinions that we aren't legally allowed to put on the internet. He tried to give him a, a chance to speak in the last episode and Delaney had to use bleep so much that she actually ran out of her like legally allotted amount she could use that Guys, sound. Anyway, I'll, I'll 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 introduce you all, and then you can introduce yourselves. Okay. But we're gonna get a lot of Natalie. That okay, so that that is just gonna you guys just gonna have to trust us about which Natalie <laughs> is speaking when because we have two people named Natalie here. Call me Greg. <laughs> Do both of you want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Natalie. I'm Natalie A. Crowley on TikTok, and I'm a very passionate Swifty. I'm I started on political TikTok, but now <laughs> I I think I've I've You've become a crossover act just to like general gay TikTok. And I'm Sydney. <laughs> I was born and raised in Taylor Swift's asshole. <laughs> I feel the need to clarify that in uh, this is a bonus episode, in usual bonus episode fashion, uh, we have drinks. Um, <laughs> Delaney and Natalie, not me, have come back from bottomless mimosas, and then I made us all spiked hot chocolate that contains not one, not two, but three different kind of liquors. <laughs> but anyway, I think Taylor Swift can do no wrong. Sydney and Natalie are two of the most passionate Swift talkers I know. I talked to both of them about Taylor Swift, and if I had done... Well, like, this episode was originally Natalie Crowley's idea, and then I felt that um, if I did it without Sydney, she might murder me in my sleep because she knows where I live. The best way to do a podcast is when you're in fear of your life. <laughs> um, what movie are we talking about? Miss Americana. That was so... Good job, <laughs> I'm very proud of you. That was that was very vocal. Well, and and it's 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 timely because we have a new album this yeah. week. Yeah, and I also want to emphasize how exciting this is because me and Delaney have been internet friends for almost two years, and yeah. we're meeting in person for the first time. And Delaney and I have been real life friends for what seems okay. like an eternity. <laughs> it's, been, it's not in a bad way. It's been it's been one year, but at what it's cost? It's not a contest. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, me it's, it's, it's not been, a contest because Asian Natalie wins. <laughs> me and Delaney have been friends for what feels like an eternity, and I do mean it in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> and we both feel aged and weathered. As Natalie mentioned, this is um, a bonus episode a la um, our least listened to episode on the feed, the Lightyear episode. It's okay. The people who listen to it were passionate about listening to it. <laughs> uh, which means that it's, it's going to be a little bit of a free-for-all. It's yes. going to be... I have a lot to say. I took a lot of notes. It's going to be a little bit chaotic, a little bit all over the place, a little bit drunk. There's no structure, basically. No structure. I took zero notes, and everyone else at this table is sitting with a laptop. I did not take any notes or watch the movie. She ha she has to have her laptop to record the podcast. <laughs> but I do watch this documentary at least once a month. So okay. we're just going You on. have a lot of the passages memorized at this point. I do. I do. I was quoting as we were watching mm -hmm. last night. It was a whole thing. Don't think for Lightyear we went through the plot. Well, this is also a documentary. There's so, not really which, a, I feel like a lot of documentaries have a thread. I think this is I mean, just they objectively, about Taylor. They objectively don't have a plot. This is really just a series of vignettes. How is... So let me ask. How is this different than... Didn't you do a different one? No, you're... Everything oh, else she has is all, an album tour. Okay, so the reputation... It, this is also that. I mean, Journey to Fearless feels like a documentary yeah. a little bit. This just feels like the post-2016 reputation era and how her life differed from before and what led to that. What, in my professional opinion, as someone who works in entertainment PR... As a professional Swifty? As a person who works in entertainment PR... I said, um, I'll give you $5 right now and then you're officially a professional Swifty. <laughs> Thank you so much. 
You can see her on buymeacoffee.com. This feels like the final step in a crisis PR plan yeah. uh, to bring her reputation back to what it was because it was just so in shambles. Well, in but at the same time, I feel like her reputation will never be exactly the same as it yeah. was before. But I think this is her new public persona that she wants to move forward with. Yeah. Well, because this was released um, January of 2020. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. This premiered yeah. at fucking Sundance. Yeah. <laughs> she, she went, I'm going to make a movie and I'm going to make it everyone's problem. Excellent. Um, love her so much. But it, like, it covers, it covers the like period from yeah. reputation to basically like lover release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't cover the Kanye stuff, but it does reference it, correct? It, not the first Kanye, the it, relevant Kanye the, stuff. The, the Kanye stuff does not happen during the filming of it, yeah. but they like reference it a lot. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we're entering in the post period of when Taylor Swift had an issue with Kanye West writing a song where he yeah. calls her a bitch in Famous. Uh, and then Kim Kardashian, who, babe, I'm respecting you so much and I'm still mad at you over this, <laughs> released a phone call showing Taylor Swift giving him permission to make the song. Basically, we got only that little bit. Everyone was like, Taylor's a liar. It took years. Yeah. Because well, that, that was 2016 and Reputation came out in 2017. Yeah, it took years. And like, I it don't was think like recent. Until 2019 or 2020 that the entire full right. unedited phone call came out, which. Verifies what Taylor yeah. was saying. She's yes. like, I'm cool with everything. Just don't call me a bitch, please. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I think, and I think you had said this the other day, where it's like this was kind of the final wrap up of yeah. that period of her life. Yes, because it's really not anything that stands didn't know yeah but this was very much directed toward the public and she comes off so well in it yeah that it really brought her public perception to a new degree well and i think especially because reputation didn't as an album didn't necessarily perform as well or like become as well liked as she wanted it to at the time i think like Mm -hmm. reputation was supposed to be like the oh like we're coming back like we're you know this is why we can't have nice things and all that but i think since that, I don't think the release of that album changed anyone's perception of her. And so she needed to kind of mm-hmm. kind of clo- close out this whole I chapter agree. being like, right. like, look at what I've fucking gone through. Yes. Well, yeah, Reputation was uh, I, an excellent album, it is an excellent album. But I do think it came out at a point before her general fan base was ready for it. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. no one who was outside her fan base wanted anything to do with her. I've been a big fan of Reputation ever since it came out. It's like, I like go between Red and Reputation as my third favorite Taylor Swift album. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did not play it when I was on the bus in 2016, going to school. I had a Taylor. It would have been it would would have been us transitioning into college. Oh shit! Well, then I certainly didn't listen. Yeah, I (laughs) I was very much in my reputation era, like completely reshaping myself and mm-hmm. figuring out who I was as I was transitioning from high school to college. Yeah, well, and like, this is something that we've talked about is that, um, and it's kind of like what you said, and like, she says this in the documentary where she's like, oh, like, it feels like my fans and I have grown up together or whatever, but I think she got to this very transitional point in her life that you can like relate to reputation before a lot of her like fans did. Cause I think yeah. it took me until like, I don't know. There's there's a certain amount of maturity and like understanding of how the world sucks, um, yeah. and still being able to like see like the you know good in the world or whatever that allows you to enjoy reputation. I think mm-hmm. like I just didn't get it until it requires... I think I got my heart fucking like trampled destroyed. on. Yeah. yeah, and I think it also requires an understanding of uh, greater themes than previous ones have because it's. Not all her songs are about boys, but a lot of her content early was especially good for if you were like a middle schooler, high schooler, with a crush. This was like when your public persona is destroyed by a man and you can't do anything because you're not in power as a woman. Yeah. Yes. Like you guys said, Reputation wasn't received that well. Yeah. Um, When it was first released, like I think on Metacritic, they gave it a really low score. I want to say it was like a C or a D, but they just recently in the last couple of weeks, they... Metacritic came back and they were like, these are albums that we got wrong. And oh, they wow. came back and they gave it, I think, a B plus or an A minus. Because yeah. musically, it, it's an excellent album. It's, ex- it it's so good. It's so cohesive. I too went through a period where like a lot of my friends decided they just didn't like yeah. me anymore. And that at that point, I was like, oh, I really get this album. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's the album that really 
separates old Taylor from new Taylor. Yeah. It's interesting because 1989 is in the middle of them, mm -hmm. which kind of like hurts this theory. But I think we had talked about this a little bit with Red, where it's like you can sense a shift in Red, where it's like suddenly it felt like she was a grown up. It yeah. felt like yeah. she was talking about like deeper and more like mature themes. And yeah. I think this is even a step beyond that, where it is like, you know, because Th things that you don't experience until you are 18 plus. <laughs> Reputation, I feel like, romanticizes falling in love. And then lover is about relationships are hard and it's hard. But you fight for them. Yeah. Oh, keep going. Keep talking. Um, I think Natalie's lost it. It's fine. Oh, I'm drunk. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear. Um, yum, um, yum, yum. During the intro of Miss Americana, Taylor talks about um her like people pleasing tendencies yeah. and her need to be liked yeah. yeah and i think maybe the whole 2016 thing where people were calling her a liar that was like the biggest blow to that yeah. mentality it was interesting because this was the first time i'd fully rewatched because i had watched this documentary right when quarantine started i did like one of those fucking Netflix parties that was really big for like two months during the first oh, right. little bit of quarantine. Yeah. And I watched it with two of my friends from back home. Um, and rewatching it now, it, it is interesting to see kind of the cracks that eventually become like folklore evermore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like seeing the insecurities that I think she was a little bit scared to write about. Yeah. Like three on folklore that are like unabashedly about her life are Invisible String, Mirabal, and Peace. And yeah. Joe Alwyn, yes. the cut song. <laughs> it's actually a Joe Alwyn fan podcast. Um, so when I, <laughs> um, important lore here for new friend of the pod, Sydney. Uh, Sydney loves Joe Allen. <laughs> I think I'm the biggest Joe Allen fan. We, I've mentioned going to Cannes a few times on the pod, I think. <laughs> Most annoying sentence in my vocabulary. <laughs> but, Sydney was with me at Cannes, and we saw Joe Allen live in person. And everything changed. <laughs> And his eyes are so blue, and his legs are we so string beanie. We looked into each other's hands. hands. His hands are so big. <laughs> so, so, Taylor, if you hear this, I'm so sorry. She won't. I can no, guarantee you. We're just she won't. we're just validating things she's already told yeah. us. She's told us these things. We're saying, yeah, you're right. If you don't understand why they are very together, respectfully, Taylor, we mean this in the most respectful way possible. Your man is fine. Yeah, yeah. She wrote an entire album telling us this. She wrote an entire album saying, this man gives good head, and I'm going to tell you all about it. She's telling us in very clear terms that this man fucks and he fucks good. This isn't me theorizing. This isn't me making assumptions. She is telling us in the most romantically beautiful terms ever that she's having good sex. That's true. And like, good for her. Like, We're so happy for her. And you can see a shift in her music once she's like, oh shit. This man's actually good. Yeah. If anything else is song of the year, I'm th p protesting in front of the Grammy Museum. For um, All Too Well? Yeah. At first song of the year. Oh, yeah. All Too Well yeah. 10 minute There's, version. Everybody knows at least a verse of the 10 minute version of All Too Well. Well, and that also <laughs> includes the original version of All Too Well, so it's, you know. Everybody knows. Fuck the patriarchy. Keychain on the ground. We're always skipping town. Interesting. The, the notes and tempo there were interesting. <laughs> Sydney, you wanted to talk about the documentary. What do you want to talk about, considering there's no linear plot? I have notes that... Yes, in let's go with Natalie's notes. Sure. Don't let you take the rest. When Taylor here. said, I just need to make a better record, my heart broke so bad. Yeah. Because when I, like, hear something I don't want to hear, I'm like, oh my god, I have to do better. Why are you choking on your drink, Sydney? It's okay. She's just copying me and how I run the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I just dribbled. I didn't choke. No, and I feel like that kind of goes into her drive with lover was fueled yeah. by like she genuinely didn't think reputation was good enough yeah and, and it sucks because and it, it goes back to what we were talking about about how like i genuinely think it just she released it just at not the right time for her fan base because mm -hmm. yeah. i think natalie was right like her fan base wasn't ready for it and people outside of her fan base weren't listening to her like people yeah. just didn't want to hear her yeah. and you made the point yesterday of it's an album that got a lot better like regard once it was toured. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think I think the stadium tour kind of changed people's perception of the album, but by then it's too late for like awards and yeah. kind and, like, of the biggest stands are gonna listen to whatever she puts out. Yeah. But it's the local fans and yeah. the casual listeners that you really have to reach. Oh, I I had the best time. I saw rep in concert. Oh. It was the 
It's like the best I've seen. I saw the Red Tour 1989 and Rep. Rep was definitely my favorite. Yeah. It's a great show. I was actively having a mental breakdown summer 2018. Oh, and had to oh go my God. Summer I think camp. 2018 and was the worst year of my life. Yeah. I think the Reputation Tour saved my life. I saw the Speak Now Tour. Um, I was 11 and I cried during Haunted and that's the only Taylor Swift concert I've been to. <laughs> and here I come. I've seen none. I tried I to buy a ticket once and I couldn't and I had a panic attack and my mom had to give me a Xanax. Oh, I was no. 15 or something. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, though. Hey, uh, Jen Lee, if you're listening to this, sorry I couldn't get you tickets. I hope you had fun when you went without me. <laughs> it, it starts at, like, that period mm-hmm. of... It's, yeah. it's the transition from rep to lover is yeah. a lot of what's And I think also, here. looking back on the rep tour, it makes me... It makes my heart so full because she was recording Lover at that time. Yeah. And it just thinks, like, while she was touring an album about feeling unsure about the world around her and just being super vulnerable, she was cultivating a super healthy positive relationship with joe okay yeah. and because uh, uh, he went with her for so much of the tour i know He's i know if he wanted to he would i am looking over delaney's shoulder and the synopsis wikipedia page for this for, for miss americana the synopsis is two paragraphs so <laughs> i don't know why i'm still on the wikipedia page yeah. i just feel like if i close out of it during a podcast i'll short circuit the cast has andrew swift playing mother um, <laughs> and it has joe elwin as actor and boyfriend which is bold because he sure isn't doing any actor things in this he's in the reflection of the guitar when she's singing call it what you want his face is also not in it no yeah no it's like you see the side of it when she's like the i was looking for you yeah i didn't yeah. see you I guess the way also oh, in that scene heart. there's a full mouth kiss that's been cut out like you can just see where the scene cuts Oh, yeah. Exactly. No, hold on, hold on. Now explain to me what a full mouth kiss is. Like a normal kiss. <laughs> like you see them hug, you see him like kiss her on the forehead. And there was a kiss too, and it got cut. Full mouth. Full, full mouth. Not half mouth, bitch. <laughs> Their teeth were touching. <laughs> <laughs> Literally every like square millimeter of their lips were touching. Exactly. And the- <laughs> I do think... um Every time I rewatch the Rep Stadium tour, again, this will be a very um, short part, but I think it's something important to, I think it's an important thing to just like mention with this because it's something that I don't think she would have ever talked about publicly if not in like the comfort of yeah. a documentary. Oh, like I sure. think I think that's what, and, 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 and like, uh, the, the overarching of this is, you know, her being scared to talk about things in yeah. public, to uh, have things turned against her. But I think, um, I think this part has made me enjoy watching the Rep Stadium tour more because yeah. I watch it and I'm like, she looks so healthy. Yes. Like, especially Versus compared to the 1989, the 1989 yeah. tour. Which, it's definitely something that she had hinted at. Like, mm-hmm. there's the L30 things I learned before turning 30 where she mm-hmm. talks about, like, she references disordered eating, eating habits, which right. she never full out says that she had an eating disorder. And I know she's talked about it with fans at secret sessions and things like that, yeah. but she never would have gone out and said yeah I've needed I mean like personally I'm recovering from disordered eating habits and I think it's in retrospect when someone talks about what they went through I think it's a lot easier to see the signs oh yeah oh yeah um and I like empathize a lot I think it's a testament to this documentary and like why she wanted to release it because so much of what people were using to view her was just public appearances and interviews and she was like I I don't feel comfortable talking about a yeah. lot of my life in those. And so I think this acted as kind of a conduit yeah. between mm-hmm. her and the public that she didn't get any other way. Yeah. And I think something that's really interesting from a filmmaking perspective too, is that scene, a few scenes before she talks about having an eating disorder where she's like, do you eat burritos? Mm-hmm. I didn't never eat burritos until like two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's really, really interesting foreshadowing from mm-hmm. the director. Yeah. The director is Lana Wilson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to, it's probably Lana. I, one of my favorite memories of being a Swifty was the 2013 Grammys where she performed All Too Well. <laughs> I just put it together last night that she was 23 at that point. She was the age I am right now. And I'm like, if I had an opportunity to like sing my most emotional song on like one of the most prestigious music award shows... Like, hell yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't a song that the general public yeah. knew. Like, that was a fan song. That was She really did fans. that for us. 
That's the crazy thing. I always forget that uh, Begin Again was a fucking single. Yeah. And All Too Well wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. That's insane. Begin Again is such a mediocre song. That's the hottest take I'm going to say on this podcast. Um, sometimes I do, when I plan first dates on Wednesdays, I do think of that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Why are you planning first you dates on Wednesdays? <laughs> this is fascinating. <laughs> I, I, last first date I was on was with a guy named Fox. So, so <laughs> The last first date I went on, the guy said he really likes Christian hip-hop. the last first date i went on was with a woman and like three different guys tried to chat us up during our date and like tried to buy us drinks so um the last first date i went on (laughs) ended in a ptsd diagnosis (laughs) so we're doing really well here dates with your therapist don't count My last date with a woman, two children came up to us and asked if they could record us for their YouTube channel. Oh, (laughs) what? In a mall. Yeah, I don't really know what they wanted. They asked us questions. Was this in LA? No, this was in Connecticut. Oh! It's in Waterbury, Connecticut. Um. Everyone lists the people you know in Waterbury, Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone lists the people who've given you a PTSD diagnosis. I remember, okay. (laughs) I relate to Abigail being like, can I have white wine, actually? Or does that make me a difficult guest? <laughs> it's also what Sydney says as she walks into my house. Abigail is such a good sport. That's I actually, love Abigail. That's actually not true. I buy, like, I, I Abigail, buy Sydney cabs out Abigail never signed up to be a public figure, but she's like, hell yeah, I'll be your date to the Grammys. I'll be in this documentary because like, we're besties. And I admire that so much. I love that loyalty. At 17 years old, Abigail was like, yeah, I'll be in your little skit music video. <laughs> At 17 years old, Abigail said, yeah, you can talk about something that would have been very recently traumatic for me to go to and release it to the general well, public. She's, Taylor said and the song she, will go on to win a Grammy. Taylor said that Abigail, um, she played the song just for Abigail and was like, I don't have to release this. And Abigail said, no, the whole world needs to hear this. And now <laughs> Abigail's like a real person with a job. Like she's a real job. <laughs> but she's verified on Instagram too. Netflix describes this film as a raw and emotionally revealing look at a um, a woman during a transformational period in her life as she learns to embrace her role not only as a songwriter and performer but as a woman harnessing the full power of her voice. And I agree with yeah. that. I also agree with that, and I think it's interesting that because I don't think I fully realized until recently why it was called Miss Americana. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because people called her America's sweetheart. Yeah. Well, also because Miss Americana as a song is about like disillusionment with yeah. mm-hmm. America and whatever. And I didn't realize that until recently because I'm very dumb and just went, ha ha ha, cheerleader. Remember when people thought False God was going to be about Trump? <laughs> and she went jokes on y'all. It's about eating puss. <laughs> it's about straight up, straight up cunnilingus. Can you tell the lady straight by the fact she said eating puss? <laughs> I relate to Taylor Swift because I also, and we're not going to get into all of this. I'm just going to say this very outright. I relate to her because I also look like I should be gay and I'm just not. And I'm just very, very dumb. We were joking in the group chat about how like this episode was going to be two straights against two gays. Yeah, it is. It still is. It, yeah, it is. No matter what we talk about, it still objectively is two straights versus two gays. Yes. Sydney. I, oh, is Sydney about to come out? People talk about this online, about how when people start to find female celebrities annoying, quote unquote, or like they start seeing too much of female celebrities, it's a lot easier for them to get canceled. I mean, I definitely went through a phase, not where I was, I was never against Taylor Swift. I still always listened to her, but there was definitely a part of my life where like, I just kind of fell out of it a little bit. I still apologize to people when they ask me like, oh, what's your, like, what music do you listen to? I still apologize before saying Taylor Swift. Now, I shouldn't, but now, I still do. Should she apologize for listening to Taylor Swift? No. Should she apologize for listening to nothing else but Taylor Swift, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo, and I think Just Doomsday by Lizzie McAlpine? No, 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 no. No, 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 thank you. Uh, we have very different Taylor Swift fans at this table. I have no idea what they're talking about half the time, but I listened to exclusively Taylor Swift. I'm not kidding. I have diagnosed OCD. Um, I would have a playlist called Taylor on all of my devices with all of her music. And that's the only music I would listen to outside of musical theater. And the only other two albums I have ever listened to in their entirety that were not by Taylor Swift were Sour, which samples Taylor Swift. 
and the Casey Musgraves album before this previous one that has Golden space, Hour. Space Cow yeah, that one. <laughs> I would listen to Space Cowboy and stare out into the sea. You should listen to Lord's Melodrama. No, I think I've really made a brand for myself. I got my current <laughs> job because I was coding. Like every day I would sit down and code. I did it exclusively to exclusively to the 10 minute all too well, which is listened... why my Spotify rap put me as their number one listener bef- like two days after it came out. <laughs> and I personally am in the top 0.5% of Taylor Swift listeners Same. on Spotify. I am too. <laughs> no, you're 0.05, I thought. Oh yeah. <laughs> you're worse. I'm much worse. <laughs> She's not like other girls. She's I'm not. That was an actual headline in this documentary where it's like, Taylor Swift's not like other musicians. She's worse. And all of us went, ah, same. I'm built different, poorly. We all got the email from her where it was like, in honor of my fans on Spotify, you can have 10% off the merch no one wants. We were all there. We all got the email. I didn't get any of it because look, love her to death. I'm so excited to buy concert tickets. Please get a better merch designer. Yeah, the merch isn't that great. I think you could hire, all due respect, I think you could hire the average Etsy Swifty and come out with more appealing merch. Why are they so obsessed with putting album covers on t-shirts? Yeah. Sorry, I'm just, I just keep staring at this one part of the Wikipedia page where it says, like, it lists Phil McGraw as part of the cast of this movie. (laughs) I have, why is the engagement so uncomfortable? No offense to those fans in the repu, like, on the reputation, the rep room room who got engaged. Why do they look so uncomfortable? See, you you liked it. Honestly, I would be so mad if my partner proposed to me during my special time with Taylor Swift. Like, they did not get to meet Taylor Swift. Yeah. Because he simply proposed. Okay, but uh, maybe it's just because I'm, you know, have low standards. The fact that that guy knew a thing she liked was very charming to me. (laughs) The fact that he was like, I know that you like Taylor Swift. How did he know they were going to get rep room? I think this is funny because if I got rep room, I wouldn't bring my boyfriend. That's actually, yeah. My next note is Brendan Urie trilling his lips. I love Brendan Urie. I think he's great. He's awesome. However, I did laugh when Taylor went, you can't even tell you're sick. And then when he sang. So supportive. Well, because he immediately went into, stuck up in a one, two, three. Yeah, maybe don't force them to do that one first when they're sick. Why did she say you can't spell awesome without me? Because you can. Because hey, kids, spelling is fun. They I love kept that it part, in. and they should have kept it. I think the weird little silent instrumental. Oh my is god! Hard. So, um, as as with usual, bonus episodes. Um, you know, all those bonus episodes we do. Um, as as is usual with bonus episodes, we don't have um mini games because why would we? However. I do have um, a full uh, Blackburn report in my email thing that I just want to let you guys know what I deal with on a monthly basis. Because I, too, am from the great state of Tennessee, and I, too, had to vote in the election of Marsha Blackburn versus Phil Bredesen. For those of you who don't know, Marsha Blackburn said that school shootings are caused by pornography. You didn't do a great job voting, I guess, y'all. We tried so hard. Try harder next time. Y'all messed up, she said, coming from the county that gave Trump Pennsylvania. (laughs) Whoops. No, she also uh, was from Pennsylvania. I'm from Pennsylvania. It's one of the section divides in this email. Senator Ted Cruz and I, great start to a sentence. <laughs> Excellent way to Always begin an argument. Always the best way to really make me think you have the right opinion. Senator Ted Cruz and I sent a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland demanding to know why the Department of Justice is suppressing the free speech of Americans who are expressing concern about irreversible, untrue, and experimental, untrue, gender reassignment surgeries being performed on children. That's all she says about it. She doesn't say anything else. She just goes, I don't like it. Ted Cruz, like, can you mention me in your report? <laughs> Ted, hey, Cruz, Ted Cruz is next to her as I she's have, typing I this email. I have a mutual connection with... Ted Cruz? Oh my God, no, Natalie! No, the governor of Texas, Ooh. Um, Greg Abbott, and I like I sent him a LinkedIn request just for the bit, but he hasn't responded yet. Um, I was Dr. gonna send him. Is running in my county. Oh my god! I'm from one district away from Marjorie Taylor Greene. I I voted for Phil Bredesen and it didn't work. But Taylor told you to. <laughs> she did. I remember. Like, look, that was like a big deal for a lot yeah. of us. It's because like that was crazy. Is like. It, it was also the first election I would have voted in, mm-hmm. I think, because it would have been 2018 yeah. or like 2019 or whatever the fuck. 
and I wasn't able to vote in the um, presidential election. I'm so mad. I was two months too young to vote in the 2016 election. So, like, I wasn't able to vote in that. Yeah. And so this midterm was, like, the first thing I ever voted in. And it was one of the most contentious Senate races yeah. of Tennessee history that Taylor Swift felt the yeah. need to speak on. By the way, if any of the pod listeners are in Wisconsin, make sure you're registered to vote. Anywhere else, don't vote. Yeah. <laughs> e- e- either way, I'm, I'm yelling into a void. And it's yeah. either a void that agrees with me or avoid that wishes I didn't have rights. Yeah. Both of them, actually. <laughs> yeah. California wishes I didn't have rights, but that's not like a gender that's a thing. thing. That's just a specifically me That's just the fact that we have a podcast. <laughs> it's honestly fair. I want to give her credit for the fact that I know that it's not popular or cool to say this anymore. <laughs> I would not have known to vote in a midterm election. No, I, I... The presidential election was the only one that existed as far as I was aware. I might not have known that if I didn't go to school to study politics. Well, and it's always, like... Because, like, there's never mu- as much, like, you know, public hullabaloo about midterm elections. I think the most recent midterm election, I think I went to you and I was like, hey, Taylor Swift just reminded me to vote because she also, yeah. again, posted, like, a, hey, remember to register to vote for the midterm elections. And I went, oh, shit, Taylor, yeah. I should probably do that. See, my ex-boyfriend who gave me trauma yes. sure was the president of um, the Young Republicans the in Georgia. <laughs> and so he, but say what you want about him, but he always reminded me to vote. Can I just say, if you were voting for Dr. Oz, can you just message Delaney on Instagram and say why? Because I just, I'm genuinely curious. Because he's not really good just at Delaney, being a doctor. Not to Natalie, with. though. Natalie is Instagram. on Instagram. <laughs> you can only find me in the background of her stuff. So I will read. And even then, she doesn't like being there. She bites me. When she announced this documentary, it was um, the day after the, you know, Scott sold yes. her, re- re- oh, yeah, yes, her, right. her masters and she put out that long letter yes. and it said, this wasn't how I was planning on telling you guys this, but I've been filming a documentary about my life yes. for the past few years. Right. Um, and then it was just kind of known after that, that she was going to do the re- I okay, don't so she a never, specific announcement. She never made like a distinct, cause like, again, I feel like she did. I, 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 I am on the Wikipedia page for this movie and like, so there was a whole thing about like using archival footage that, um, Scott and Scooter, like, were being assholes about. Well, Um, when she did her, like, Woman of the Year performances, they were being assholes and they were being like, you can't, this would count as re-recording your music before the date that you can start doing that. But she did it anyway, and it was fine. I think it's fascinating because, um, I feel like when this became a big thing, or Reputation came out, and it became incredibly, uh, there was a period of time where it was incredibly lame to know Taylor Swift. And I, from what I recall, was the same period of time when it was incredibly lame to be a part of the feminism club Mm -hmm. in your your high school. And she has been, despite being hated for so long, such a spearhead of like feminism, which is a thing that I say to people whenever people start talking shit on Taylor Swift to me. And I'm like, do you know though, that she was named one of times people of the year for her actions in the The Me Me Too Too movement, which I'm not saying this, that a a white woman was the only person who did it, but she did objectively bring a very public face to it. And despite the fact that a lot of people were like, why are you doing a trial for this? Like, who cares if he groped you? She still was like, no, I'm going to do it because I can. One of the most powerful things about the whole trial was the counter suing for like one dollar? Yeah, where yeah. she was like, "I'm not in this for the fucking and money." It was like, I remember one of her shows afterwards. I think shortly before the pandemic, everyone was holding up holding up one dollar bills. Yeah, yeah, and that was super powerful. Well, because it was it was more about like the principle of the thing. Yeah, she yeah. was she was like, "This is not for me to, you know." Like, I'm, I'm less concerned about losing millions of dollars to this guy and more concerned about the precedent that this sets yeah. to my female audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, like, obviously this documentary is about her finding her own voice, and I yeah. think that was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't think she would have done anything like that yeah. pre-reputation. I, I think mean, it's, mm-hmm. like, an important lesson for everyone to learn, and you learn it in your own time, yeah. really, that you can't be a good person and also need everyone to like you a friend yeah. to all is yeah. a friend to none you said and like that seems like such a, like that simply is the truth and that's just something that i think everyone kind of comes into eventually yeah. i know a lot of people where it took a long time for them to figure that i had a fun experience where no one really ever liked me so like i didn't <laughs> this was not necessarily a personal journey for me but i know a lot of people where there's such a fear of picking a side or of publicly saying something that's going to 
ostracize you from yeah. a group of people. Yeah. But the bottom line is you kind of have to. Well, and I yeah. think that's why like this era of her life, I think, and I th it resonates with all of us, obviously, yeah. but I think the like overall like arc of this like really resonates with me because it's this idea of like, once you have that moment of my reputation's fucking shot yeah. Yeah. is when you kind of get that clarity and I think of like, I can do whatever the, f like, not whatever the fuck I want. Don't burn <laughs> down a church. <laughs> but like, it's, it's this idea of like, why do I care so much? Because yeah. it's, it's this like, you know, sh uh, when she's talking about mm -hmm. the Marsha Blackburn thing, she's like, I've always been so scared of getting in trouble that I decided yeah. to say nothing instead of ever picking a side. Yeah. And, and I think that's... And then for yeah. it to be like, even when you're doing everything right and trying yeah. so hard to be perfect, when someone still is able to drag your name through the mud yeah. and like affect your reputation that much is when you realize that it does like sometimes it just doesn't matter what the fuck you do. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. So might as well do the thing that fills your cup, the thing yeah. that feeds your soul, the thing that makes you feel sure that in reminds yourself. Me as a person. Of like her I think it was her artist of the decade speech maybe mm -hmm. about how she was like I started trying to do less of what people said I couldn't do and more doing whatever the hell I want yeah, yeah. and I think a that's relatable like I feel like a lot of people in like their young adulthood in their 20s come to a moment where I'm like I can't make everyone like me so I might as well do what I want yeah, yeah. I think that's very relatable especially like me being in my early 20s that's something I'm facing right now. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's kind of a fundamental misunderstanding of this documentary, especially in like the big stand community where people are like, oh, she positions herself as being someone who's going to speak up on every social issue. And yeah. instead of just finding her own voice and speaking up when she feels like she can contribute mm -hmm. and she feels like her voice is necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're seeing now because people still in the stand community specifically are like Taylor should say this or she should do this and she's clearly just doing whatever she wants and it's working out for her yeah I think also there's too much pressure on public figures to say something yeah. about social issues that are going on when really I think public figures should give um platforms to people who like instead of public figures saying oh this is what I think um, I think they should give platform to people who do know what they're talking about, like actual, like people who've been educated on the topic yeah. and activists. I, I would rather see Taylor like share a post from an activist than yeah. have her make a statement, you know? Yeah. And I, social media has ruined activism, which oh, is yeah. ruined everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which I also think like, also as soon as she did start using her voice and talking about it, people fucking destroyed yeah, her. Exactly. So, like, I don't blame her for being like, okay. Yeah, I think she's but, also aware that her fan base is a lot of impressionable young girls yeah. and a lot of, like, queer teenagers, a lot of yeah. people who are much more impressionable than, like, yeah. the average audience. Yeah. Um, I'm so impressionable. <laughs> Say something strongly enough to me and I'll probably agree. <laughs> but I think that's why Reputation didn't, like, do well among the people who were fans of her because we weren't ready for that. Right. Yeah. Which, Yeah. It was, it was simply not... Sorry. <laughs> Only the young was used in the Biden campaign? Of course it was. Have we, we've seen Megan, right? I think it right? was, yeah. <laughs> like, don't remember Only the Young that much? And I never heard it. And I, I watched this documentary. I was, like, around when it was released. This was fucking six months before Folklore. Yeah. And I don't remember Which, Only the Young. Those feel like completely different times. <laughs> yeah. Like, this came out in January of 2020, and Folklore came out, what, July? Yeah. Like, it... Yeah. This, this was six, seven months before Folklore. It she was like writing Folklore when this came out. Um, but this, this feels like a solid, like, thing in place of that. Of yeah. still explaining, like, her thought process and, like, what she was going... And I think, yeah. honestly... The equivalent for folklore was the long pond sessions. Yeah. Like I think yeah. that was kind of the secret session equivalent of being like, this is why, like, yeah. where all these songs came from. This is the headspace I was in. What? <laughs> I was just thinking. Um, I saw like a Tumblr post or something one time that was like, what do you think the conversation was like when Taylor explained to Joe for the first time what a secret session was? <laughs> She'd be like, like, yeah, you're bringing who where? <laughs> just they're coming into our house. <laughs> like. That's what the cats are. Wake up your, clean up your stuff, babe. They're coming. <laughs> babe, put your fucking socks away. <laughs> she didn't tell him about it until 20 minutes before everyone got the there. The tweenagers are coming. <laughs> clean up your fucking socks. 
He he actually fun fact for you all is he has at least twenty pairs of socks at any given moment and strewn not- across the floor. <laughs> oh, they're they're not pairs; they're just loose. No, like it's halves. Like, it's, it's 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 forty socks. <laughs> he just has forty socks. <laughs> Um, maybe so we can bring this around to being a little more fun and a little less uh, white guy sitting around a mic and talking about politics. Uh, I think your idea... What do you mean? I think your idea was fun of... Do you guys like Joe Rogan? Anyway. Saying your... Look, I don't get me. Um, I think your idea of like saying what your album ranking is. is oh, kind yeah. Of okay. But you immediately told me I don't have one. That's fine because I'm in charge I of this. I can say mine off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't. You said you didn't want to do one because you don't have oh, one. Because yeah. you listen so, to these all in a fucking crock pot of a Spotify I don't playlist. One. I've listened to them entirely on Shuffle. I did not understand that you were supposed to make um, playlists to be listened to in order. <laughs> I've always just viewed it as a collection of songs you want to be in a general grab bag. I listen to everything on shuffle including sometimes like musical pot like musical theater playlists so i do not have one unfortunately um i think lover would be your favorite lover would be my favorite and the rest would all be ranked at one and a half (laughs) (laughs) none of them are at two but i think it would be fun because i know that you three all have strong opinions so i think it would be fun to listen to that and i will just sit here and listen (laughs) natalie do you want to go first i can i know mine off the top of my head mine is like super correct the ultimate truth so (laughs) It's Evermore, Folklore, Reputation, Red, Speak Now, 1989, Fearless, Lover, and then Taylor Swift. You do not like Lover. Objectively I do like Lover. <laughs> Objectively, all of her albums are good. I just think that some of the, her albums I prefer more than others. It is I fascinating think, So some of my favorite Taylor songs of all time, like... Um, like Death by a Thousand Cuts in Cornelia Street or Off of Lover, I just think that the songs that I dislike Off Lover kind of weigh the scales and they make me like yeah. Lover less overall. But I do think that Lover has a lot of very like iconic songs. So like to be clear, I don't think Taylor has any bad albums. I don't I dislike do. any of her <laughs> albums. I don't, but I kind of do. But like... So yeah, yeah. Okay, so object- even <laughs> yeah, even debut, I love a lot of songs off debut. Actually, no, I'm gonna switch these. Fine. I think. So Fine. objectively, I think Taylor's no bad albums. Like she's the one, the greatest songwriter of a generation. We're for being a very generous with the word objectively. Um, and I think also, I, I wouldn't rank them the same way, but I think each album is better than the last from a songwriting and production standpoint. Um, however, my ranking is um, Midnight is first. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite song is the one where we haven't heard a single word yeah. of her yet. It's like it's it's like I, I it's another podcast where I have to bring up Schrodinger's album. Other than Midnight's, my favorite is Lover, and then I can't rank Folklore and Evermore above each other because they're so equal in okay. my mind. That's so. Like, fair. I feel like they're kind of like side A, side B of the same mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Reputation, and then Red, and Speak Now. Girl, poor. Am I forgetting? I don't know. And then Debut. Yeah. And then 1989, okay. and then Fearless. Okay. Um, okay. Um, it's all, ours are almost the same. They're pretty close. Yeah. It's like just Lover at the top and mine. I don't love at the bottom. Uh, the Christmas album. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> um Sydney knows this. I was not. I did not like Red until Taylor's version came out because I just don't think I. Because I think Red was when I had like a dip in my fandom. Yeah, I think because I went to the Speak Now tour, loved Speak Now, and I remember loving 1989, but I don't remember listening to Red a lot. And so I don't think I fully appreciated it until the re-record came out. My number one is Folklore. My number two is Speak Now, and then Evermore, and then and then Red. So, like, if you had asked me this, like, last so year, I would have had read a lot lower, I think. Yeah. But, uh, and then Reputation, then Lover, then Debut 1989 Fearless. The Fearless vault tracks are so Awful. I listen, what the hell? <laughs> I, I, with the red vault tracks, I think they were too vulnerable, and she was scared to put them out at that time. Right. Or, or she had mm. sold them to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I feel like those were more of like a personal decision, whereas I think the fearless ones, she took them to a guy and he went, Ugh. I don't. Okay, look, I do love Bye Bye Baby, and I know Delaney does not, because one time I texted her saying like, oh, Bye Bye Baby slaps or something along the lines. And instead of just doing the normal Delaney <laughs> thing, which is just to like agree or like not respond to the text, say something different, maybe just give me like an exclamation point, even a ha ha, <laughs> she instead texted me back saying, I don't like that song, only you do. <laughs> 
Which, if you've ever met Delaney, is bold as hell. Yeah. I was getting my COVID vaccine. I was like, Jesus Christ. All I right. do like Mr. Perfectly Fine and You All Over Me. Oh, I forgot Mr. about Mr. Perfectly, Perfectly Fine. Oh, I forgot about that one. That song is, to me, when I hear that song, it's like, she believed he lied. I, I, loved, <laughs> I loved Mr. Perfectly Fine when it came out. I have not listened to it since. That's the thing, is I think... I think the Fearless Vault tracks for me had recency bias, where yeah. I was like, oh, they're so new. Like, yeah. they're new Taylor Swift songs, but I haven't touched any of yeah. them. But you see those themes that she was, like, starting to build on as Later. a baby songwriter? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, You All Over Me is baby clean. Yeah. I would listen to clean over You All Over Me any day. This is okay. fascinating to me. I don't listen to a lot of her lead singles just by, like, overplay syndrome. Like, I think, I think this is especially with, like, the Red singles. I Knew You Were Trouble, like... I listened to it. I'm like, this is a good song. I think it was just played too much in yeah. 2011 for me to be able to listen to it. The That's video. worse. <laughs> yeah. But however, I the, the other thing I will mention is that the way that I learned to play guitar is by learning her songs exclusively. Mm. Yeah. I, I thought you learned on Ben Platt's Grow As We Go. No. Oh. I have horrible OCD, but the first song that I ever learned to play on guitar was um, We Are Never Getting Back Together. Mm. Despite the fact that I never like particularly liked that song, but yeah. I, like genuinely everything that she has ever written, and I'm not saying I'm correct, please don't don't stab me. Uh, I'm gonna stab you. Oh God, Delaney, put that down. <laughs> I um, agree with Natalie. <laughs> everything she has Thank ever you. written either clicks into an emotion I'm feeling, yeah. an emotion I want to pretend that I'm feeling, right. or a personal, or it is a specific point in my life I always have. Yeah. I won a Pi Day competition because I memorized memorized. 86 digits of pie to can the somebody who of reg- with Can me. somebody who regularly listens to the podcast figure out how many times Natalie has mentioned winning the pie day competition? Are you sure? Are you sure this isn't the, the third? Thing. Three isn't that much. It, compared to the amount of episodes we have, it's sure more than we mention most other things. I have mentioned wanting to bang Reese Darby <laughs> at least three times that many times. Credit Taylor Swift for the invention of the posting just a picture of a notes app apology on Instagram. <laughs> and I think it's because of her we ever got Ned Fulmer's apology. <laughs> she was like the first person to do the like, I would like to be excluded from uh, excluded from this narrative one I've never asked to be a part of. I say that so often. <laughs> yes. But she was like one of the first people, people made fun of her for it. But then people, that became the way to make an apology, but I credit her with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just stepped on the cat. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a spike in listenership um, for this there specific won't. one there will because there will i'll share it. maybe no, it'll first... actually be a spike down <laughs> maybe for the first 30 seconds my mom will piece. listen to this episode hi jen ouch jen listen to the rest <laughs> jen i bet you'd love the kujo episode <laughs> kujo episode's good <laughs> and also jim Pizaki and i are sorority sisters and that's all i have to say about that um i think we should each go around and you get one one Taylor Swift song? No, one, one, what your, what your, like, what memory, Taylor Swift related memory you want to share. You get one. It can be your favorite. It can be the worst thing about you. I can go ahead and do mine, which is that uh, when I was in elementary school, I used to listen to um, I'm Only Me When I'm With You and imagine it was me with Harry Potter. God, this is my <laughs> least favorite story she has. Oh, the Pie Day story she complained <laughs> about so much. But look, look, I have another one that's worse. I think the moment I became a fan of Taylor Swift was I was in the car on the way to a softball game with my friend who was on my team and she was a Swifty and she put on um, Mary's song by Taylor Swift and I immediately like fell so in love with that song. Yeah, I carried debut around me to every sleepover. I brought it to Sunday school. Like I, we listened to it in the car every day. Like I can't express how fundamental that album was to my childhood. And like dancing, I made a TikTok about this this week. But like I would make up dances with like my friends when I was eight, nine, and ten years old. So it's just crazy to see my growth and Taylor's growth since then. And it's just lovely to be able to grow up with her. Um, uh, to, 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 to round this out uh, with lovely, wholesome memories of Taylor Swift, I associated Begin Again with my abusive ex, and that went horribly oh, no. for me. That was I'm our song. Kidding. No, I'm going to talk about how Begin Again was our song. Every relationship I've had, Natalie like wholeheartedly picks a song that immediately they're always good that my that, best one was and you can you can bleep this i'll, I'll bleep out his name was uh which was crazy because it was the first one <laughs> this was my best one by far simply because it was 
you, your first, the odds of him listening to this and being mad about it are very small. No, slim. I think he'll think it's funny because it's come back, be here. And it's one come of, back, be here. And one of the main things is that it just lists two places we knew this man to he be He went in. to, he went to London, he went to New York, and one of your first dates was, was him dropping a- you off the airport. And we would stay up until 4 a.m. So, and he said that I didn't know him at all. To that day, I listened to that song and think of your first, like, college fling. And if you're listening to this, I hope you're flattered. I don't trust any men enough to associate them with any Taylor Swift song. That was, that was um, the mistake I learned, is I associated yep. paper rings. You oh. um, <laughs> collective groan. I associated paper rings with my... Story of Us was rough for you for a little while. Story of, but, um, Story of Us was more um, reactionary, where yeah. it was the song that I was like, oh, this feels like this situation, I'm going to listen to it. Paper rings I put on a playlist for us, and I was like, this oh. is our song. I know Begin Again was like our song, like he loved that song, but like Paper Rings I also put on a playlist for him, and now I can't listen to either of them. Begin Again was your song with him, and it also was the song that I immediately brought up once you broke up. <laughs> and said you should go on a Begin Again coffee date, and you started crying. No, that wasn't after we broke up. That was a year after we broke up, and I still cried about yeah. it. So it was objectively after. <laughs> Anyway, Natalie's a joy to live with. Where can we find you? And I get to say that to three people this time. You can still find me in the same places, by the way, which is nowhere. Don't come near me, please. But if you are the guy on Hinge who I messaged and said Delaney would be great for you. um, Did he ever reply? No, and I guess he never DM'd you. Uh, Please hit her up. I think you guys would be great together. You're the only other person I have ever heard reference the fucking AMC commercial. (laughs) He said that his favorite movie quote is Heartbreak. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Uh, Where can we find you all? I know how excited all three of you TikTokers were to get to say your your (laughs) handles. You guys go first. I'll close it out. Okay, you can find me basically everywhere as Natalie A. Crowley. On Instagram, I'm at Sydney Scout Roberts. That's Sydney like Australia. I know it's hard to believe, but our listeners can read. (laughs) You can't read. Leah Michelle, continue. (laughs) Um, And then on TikTok, I'm just at Sydney Scout if you want to join my meager following, but I do post about Taylor Swift every single day. Um, and you, y'all, y'all fucking know where you can find me. Sing along if you know this one, folks. <laughs> Everyone, like, puts a lighter up in the a air. One dollar bill. It's going back and forth. You can find the pod at Stop Your Ruining It on TikTok. You can find me at Saved by the Dells on TikTok. You can find me on Instagram at Delaney Sears. Or you can find me huddled in a ball, dissociating at a blank wall, wondering what my purpose is. Listen to me, me. dude, who I messaged on Hinge. Go to that Instagram and hit her up. I think you would like each other. I really, I really thought he was going to DM me, guys. I really did, too. I really thought he would. Did, I you, felt... did, did you match with him or did you message him first? No, yeah, I matched with him. <gasps> that whore. I matched with him. And as we've seen... People who find me attractive tend to date you. <laughs> um, we're, we're scared about Natalie making any male friends in That's LA right. because as we know, once Natalie has a male friend, I instinctually have to have sex Thank with them. God, you're straight or I would have no friends. <laughs> Every time Natalie has a friend, my body goes into overdrive. <laughs> she fucked my friend. Uh, cool. So, sounds good. Hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. I'm quite frankly wasted, and I'm going to make some nachos, and I'm very excited Ooh, about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone say goodbye. Bye. 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 Love you.